Hello, hello, I'm Lise Marie, and welcome to the Macro Coach Pro Podcast. Over the last seven years, I've scaled my macro coaching business to transform hundreds of women's lives with a balanced lifestyle approach to health and fitness. And now I'm helping online coaches like you do the same. I'll be sharing my secrets and industry-leading strategies with you. Whether you're on a personal fitness journey or looking to get epic results for your clients, the Macro Coach Pro Podcast is for you. Let's dive in. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Macro Coach Pro Podcast. I am loving this season of life right now. It is summer. It's sunny outside. I live in Seattle, and so the sun here is like gold. I feel like when it's sunny, there's just so many people outside because we don't see sun for a lot of the year except summer and like maybe early fall, late spring. So it's just been so nice. But summertime really brings me back to when I used to be on summer break when I was a teacher. Like I would crave summer and that's what I would like wait all year for. And I loved summers off. Like it was the best time of the year. And I think that's when I knew I probably wasn't in the right line of work if I was literally working a job, just waiting for the time off from the job and feeling really burnt out. And it's so weird working through the summer now because I'm like, wow, like this is what it feels like to not like need a summer break because teachers like grind their little booties off all year round. And then by the time summer comes, we're just like dead and we're ready to just like totally unplug. Um, So it's very weird. Um, This is my third summer like working in my business and not being a teacher. And it's weird for me to just like not really care about working during the summer because it's so fun. Um, And then when the fall comes around, it's always so weird to not like get back into like the groove and the swing of things with school. And I wonder if that'll ever change or if I will just always appreciate loving my job and not needing the summer off and being able to just have that work-life balance all year round. But this brings me to what we're talking about today, which is really how I grew my business working a nine to five. And I would say even as a teacher, I was working more than nine to five. Like I was probably working 6.30, 7am to you know, two or three. And then on the weekends with grading papers and I did special education. So I had to write um, what we call IEPs, which are individualized education plans on top of that and just had like meetings before and after school. There's a lot of work. And if you know a teacher or if you are a teacher, were a teacher, whatever, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But it took a lot to grow my business while being a teacher full time. And also while trying to have like a social life and be a good wife and take care of my house and like, you know, get good sleep and still go to the gym and meal prep and all these things. And one of the biggest questions I get on Instagram and in my DMs and from, you know, a lot of the clients that I work with in my uh, mentorship program for other macro coaches is, how the heck do you do it? How do you balance all the things? How do you build a business while you're also committed to this full-time job? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And, you know, this is just my experience as a teacher, as someone who was working a lot, commuting, 
and, you know, didn't have a lot of free time. Um, so I want to go over, you know, a few things that really helped me grow my business, um, while working. And so hopefully they are things you can implement as well. Um, so I have a list of about like eight to 10 things. So we're just going to like rapid fire through them all. And I'll of course give you some context as I go through the list. Um, the first one was I really stopped treating my business like a hobby. And obviously it still kind of is a hobby, right? When we're working a nine to five, it's not our full-time job. It's not what we rely on for income. It's not like we're not a CEO yet. But once I stopped trading it of like, oh, this side hustle that I want to grow someday and I'll kind of work on it here and there. No, the moment I switched my mindset of like, okay, I'm trading my business just as if not more important than like my regular nine to five. And when I changed my mindset of like, okay, I'm not treating this like a hobby. Like this is the real deal. Like I am working on this like my income and my financial stability, you know, depends on it, right? And taking it seriously and really already embodying what I thought being a CEO was and a business owner was. And so if you are treating your side hustle, your coaching business as this part-time gig, it doesn't really have that much, you know, uh, weight or you don't really need to build it up yet. And like, there's always going to be time and whatever. I really encourage you to change your mindset first of stop treating your business like a hobby and really start stepping into it as okay, this is my business and I need to grow it. And like, I need to take this a lot more seriously. The other thing that really helped me is I was really resilient with things that were happening. So it really takes resiliency to be a business owner, to be a teacher, to just get through life. And so what I mean by resiliency is when I was having a bad day, when I didn't really know what to do, when I felt like I wanted to just like burn my business to the ground and just suck it up with teaching and like it felt really hard, I kept with it and I didn't use my emotions. I didn't use my lack of faith or self-doubt or anything to stop me. So part of that resiliency is I was really taking really messy action. Like I didn't really know what to post on Instagram. I didn't really know where to start. I didn't really know what my offer was going to be. I didn't really have like the perfect plan in place, but I still did things every way or anyway. And that's what allowed me to really start making progress is understanding that nothing had to be perfect. I didn't put this pressure on myself to have this pretty package deal ready to go before I even started talking about my offer, before I started taking on clients, like taking that messy action and almost being in this like practice mode of, okay, I'm just going to like test this out and see how it goes. And while we're working a nine to five is the perfect time to do that because you have this stability in your job, right? You have income coming in. And so when you're building your business, that's the time to try things out or, you know, 
try try an approach or, or put yourself out there online and like or post a piece of content and again it doesn't have to be perfect it can be kind of messy and don't put pressure on yourself to get it right and when you're in this kind of practice mode it allows you to not feel like you're doing anything that's pass fail but like when you're taking that messy action and kind of doing things maybe before you feel 100% ready or you're putting out content that maybe isn't the most marketable or perfect or pretty, but you're at least putting yourself out there, that allows you to say, okay, how did it work, right? How did people respond? Like, how how did it feel, right? And then from there, you can reflect and like make tweaks. But when we're waiting for like the perfect thing to come around or if we're waiting for you know, us to feel 100% ready in the offer that we're putting out there, that's going to almost be impossible for you to ever start your business because you're never going to feel 100% ready. Nothing is ever going to be perfect. And even when I look back at like the content and the way I would pitch my offer and the way I would speak to my ideal client, like That has morphed and grown so much in the last three years. But the biggest thing that helps with that is just getting out there and putting myself out there, right? And practicing and having it be kind of messy in the beginning. So for example, I was really uncomfortable talking about my offer and talking about coaching on my Instagram stories when I first started out. Like I had literal sweat dripping down my back as I was first like talking on my stories. My voice was shaky. I was really, really nervous. And it was, it could have been very easy for me to say, okay, I'm just going to like not talk about this until I have like the perfect pitch or until I, you know, have a better, you know, camera presence or whatever it is. But I was also like, okay, well, now is the time where I can kind of like not fail at this, but like stumble, right? Because it doesn't have to be perfect. I'm not like relying on this like launch to feed my family or pay my rent or, you know, like I'm still a teacher. So that's great. I have this backup plan. And so might as well just like show up online and see how people respond, right? And like continue to do that market research and like reflect and like watch my stories and and make these tweaks. And I would literally have like a little script <laughs> like on the side of my screen and then I would talk into my phone. And looking back at how I used to talk about my offer from now then, I just literally cringe at how I used to sound. But I only got better because I did it, right? And I only got better at talking about my offer the more I talked about my offer. And there was literally nothing to lose because, again, I was still working a nine to five. So taking that messy action, kind of going into like this practice mode of like, okay, I'm just practicing pitching. I'm just practicing putting out content. Like I'm just seeing what feels good and what doesn't feel good so that when I am working my business as my new nine to five, I have some experience under my belt and I have some, you know, practice going into it. And again, not putting that pressure on myself to have it be totally perfect and have it so polished, like it never will be perfect. It never will be polished. Three years later, I still look at the stories and pitches and content and I'm always like, ooh, I can make it better and better and better. 
So like that's an evolving thing. So this idea that like everything has to be perfect within your offer at first is really not the case. Like I have even changed my offer each year. And I think every six months I make tweaks to like what's included or maybe my pricing or, you know, how I structure things because you're always going to be improving. So just start somewhere and like put it out there. And and that brings me to my next point of like having this leap of faith. So I learned very on from you know, following other like business coaches online, listening to podcasts, reading books, like this sense of like, why not me? Like, why wouldn't I be able to do this? Like there are other coaches online that have done this. Like there is literal proof that my proof of concept of owning an online macro coaching business is possible. So why wouldn't I be able to do that? Because there's evidence of it right? There's so many coaches online and like they are successful. They have clients. So why wouldn't I be able to do it? And having that leap of faith really helped because with anything, with whatever risk you take, like it's always going to be a leap of faith. And so what I always thought to myself is like, okay, let's say I launch my online business and it totally flops no one buys crickets, right? What's the worst that can happen? Okay. Well, the worst that can happen is I can't grow an online business and then I'm stuck in my teaching job. Okay. Well, that's currently where I was at. I was currently stuck in my teaching job and didn't have an online business. So the rationale and logic to me was like, okay, the worst thing that can happen is I'm I'm literally just like where I am right now. So I'm in my worst case scenario. And so that's what helped give me that leap of faith of like, okay, one, if I, you know, put out my offer, the worst that can happen is I'm literally where I am right now. And like, it is what it is at that point. So why not just have that leap of faith and launch and like work on this business and do what I can because I really have nothing to lose. And that type of mindset really helped me get to work on my business even when I had self-doubt, even when I felt like I couldn't do it. And I encourage you to ask yourself that question of what's the worst that can happen? Because most of the time, the worst that can happen is that you just end up where you are right now. Even if you quit your your nine to five, like the worst that can happen is you go get another job. And for me, you know, I, I felt very secure in me being able to go back to teaching. Yeah, I wouldn't be at the same school probably. Like I did have, I really did love the school I was working at. I really did feel like I was kind of taking a risk because I was like, I will never... F- maybe be able to find this like good of like a role in my school because I had like some of the best coworkers. I was a leader in my school. I had a really good relationship with my principal. I helped actually like build and design the school before it even opened. And so I knew I was kind of missing out on just being part of that culture. But I knew I like worst case scenario, I launched my business and like I can't do it. And then I just go back to be being a teacher somewhere else, which is like where I was currently. And so having that leap of faith to trust in myself to to do it and you know to 
look at other people online as evidence of it being possible and really understanding like if they could do it, why wouldn't I be able to do it? And really kind of embodying that that future future me and that future identity. And uh, there's a couple books that helped me with this. The first one was Atomic Habits. Like that's a classic, right? But in that book, he talks a lot about setting goals is great, setting outcomes. So like the process to get to that goal is awesome. But the main thing behind behavior change is this idea that we actually need to change our identity. And so it was me stepping in every morning when I was working on my business to, okay, what would you know, six-figure version Lisa Marie do? What would CEO version Lisa Marie do? What would business owner version Lisa Marie do? What would online macro coach Lisa Marie do? And that would be put out content, like start like pitching online, start formulating my offer, start building out my systems, like all the things. And I followed so many other coaches online. I surrounded myself with others doing the same thing because then it felt so normal because it's scary building an online business working a nine to five because probably no one else in your nine to five is like working <laughs> like on a, on a, you know, online business to maybe do in the future. And it can feel really lonely. And so building kind of that normalness online of like, okay, others are doing this too. Like this is possible. Other people are are doing it and making it work. So like I need to surround myself with them. So one, I don't feel so alone. Two, so it feels a little bit more normal to do the things I'm doing, struggle with the things I'm struggling with. And, you know, seeing their wins will motivate me. And so the other part of that is I did join a coaching container. Like I got a mentor to help me with this, to help kind of collapse time. Because when I'm working my nine to five, I have limited time. Like I don't have time to sit there and twiddle my thumbs and research how to build an online business, what to work on first, what's the way to do things. And so I hired my first mentor before I even like started working at all. And I was very coachable in the fact that like I was just going to trust in the process and do whatever the program told me to do. And so that's what I really liked about joining a program, working with a mentor, is because I needed someone to, one, collapse time for me, and two, kind of tell me what to work on, when to work on it, hold me accountable, and like that way I didn't have to waste any time. And so the limited amount of hours that I had in the day, I knew exactly what to work on first. I knew exactly how to do it. And there was no second guessing in the actual process of it. Because here's the thing, when you're growing your business, you're working a nine to five, you already have this self-doubt of like, am I going to be able to do this? Are people want to are people want are people going to want to work with me? But there's also that self-doubt that at least I had of like, am I focusing on the right things? Am I, you know, creating content in the right way? Am I within industry standard? Like all this kind of imposter syndrome of even like, you know, what does it take to be a good coach? And so hiring a mentor, being in a program and having someone tell you this is the way that you build an online business, that gave me so much 
less stress and more relief of like, okay, I know at least what I'm working on is going to work if I just put in the work and do it. And I don't have to worry about second guessing of like, oh, I just spent an hour working on, you know, this like beautiful offer. Like, is this even a good offer? Is it a bad offer? And having having that type of mentor, like guide roadmap was really, really helpful. Um, And it's up to you whether you want to join more of like a mentorship program where it's like a lot of people in it, right? And you have that community. Or I realized later on as I was trying to scale my business that I actually really value working with someone one-on-one because I just wanted like very – like someone to know my business inside and out, know my learning style and like help me be accountable. And like I value that one-on-one. So, you know, think about like what's better for you. Do you like working with someone one-on-one that can like help you with the things and like help you stay accountable and like teach you and like help you kind of generate ideas for your business? Or do you like more of like a group aspect where you're just kind of given a curriculum to follow and then you do it and like you don't necessarily need someone like checking in on you or like reviewing your things. You just kind of want to like tell me what to do and I'll do it type of vibe. Both are good for I think different parts of your journey. But for me, I honestly needed both. Like I needed just like a roadmap to tell me what to do. But then I later realized like, oh, I kind of want someone to like bounce ideas off of and like get their opinion and like like check in on me and like really know me and my business and and help me like through struggles or through ideas and stuff like that. Um, so really surrounding myself in that community of other people was super, super helpful. And then moving to like the time aspect part of this, right? Because you can have all the mindset stuff, right? You can have a mentor, you can do all these things, but again, you're still working a nine to five and that's eight hours of your day that you don't have to work on your business. And it's really hard, especially if you have a family, if you have a commute, if you're going to the gym, if you have a spouse, if you have a social life. And for me, I was working every single weekend. And I was, again, treating it like a a job and not like a hobby and saying, okay, like my Saturday, nine to five, I, I need to be working on my business. Yes, I had to say no to some social events. Yes, I actually didn't go to like my in-laws for like a week during the holidays and I just worked on my business and like I missed out on some memories with them, but that was needed for me to actually gain more time with them in the future. Like we're going there next week for a whole week and that wouldn't have been possible if I still had my regular nine to five. Um, So, you know, kind of that, that feeling of like, okay, delayed gratification, right? I'm putting the effort in now even when I'm tired, even when I'm unmotivated, even if I knew what I was building wasn't perfect, even if the weather was nice outside, even if friends were in town, like just really setting those boundaries. And that goes back to, again, treating it like a full-time job of business and not a hobby and not making excuses. And, you know, I would get up at like 4 a.m. and work for a couple hours Um And then, you know, I would go to the gym and then I would start my my regular job. Or, you know, in the evenings, if I had time, you know, I would be 
That would be my social media time. I remember there were a couple lunch breaks even at school where I'd be like, oh, I need to post on Instagram and I need to post on my story. So I would like run into like my classroom or even like my car one time and I was just like talking on Instagram, like finding any sort of time in the day to do it. And yes, it was hectic. Yes, it was crazy. Yes, it, it that wasn't my dream life, but I needed to put in the work and have that grit in order to have my dream life come later on. And so when you're working in nine to five, it's really asking yourself, okay, what is the time commitment I can give? Because your success in building your nine to five is inevitable. Like you will be successful if you have the right systems, if you do the right things. But how much time are you willing to put in? I wanted to quit my teaching job ASAP. I didn't put any like timeline or pressure on it, but I did say whenever I can work on this, I'm going to, whether that's on my lunch break, whether that's me getting up in the morning, whether that's me going down to like four days a week at the gym versus five, whether that's me working on a weekend or evenings. And, you know, I'm just so much more productive in the morning. So like every Sunday morning, I would, I would work on it. And then I would, you know, use the rest of the day to like grade and do house chores and like see my husband and like, you know, things like that. Um, but I did what I needed to do and I was very organized, right? Like I knew, okay, I have a lunch break on this, you know, at this time, what do I, what can I do during that lunch break? Okay. Well, I can't like dive deep into a big project, but I can post on my Instagram or I can talk on my stories or I can be in my DMs talking and making connections with like potential clients. And I would have just working lunches. And then, you know, in the morning, like, what do I need to do? So I would kind of time batch. And so I think like every Saturday I would do content stuff and like get my content all ready for the week. And then in the mornings I would do like little projects like set up my systems or do market research or, you know, just like mini kind of work sprints. And again, it was so easy because I knew exactly what to focus on because I had that mentorship because I like knew what to do and I didn't waste time worrying about anything being perfect. I just did the best I could do with the time that I had and the time that was given and I would just put things out there. And every time I would put things out there, it'd get better and better and better. Um, But I did work a lot and I worked when I could and it was very sporadic. It felt very kind of chaotic, but it was for the greater good. And I knew it wouldn't always be like that. So if you're thinking, okay, well, I don't have a lot of time. I'm tired at night. You know, I'm not motivated to just like not spend time with my family or friends. That's okay. Does that mean your business may grow a little bit slower and you work at your nine to five a little longer while you build your business up? Yeah, but that's that's also okay. Um, And so you know, know your season of life and be okay with that. Like I don't have kids. I was a teacher. And so I did have some holidays off and I did have like a winter break. And, you know, while I like did work a lot, you know, I was able to like sneak away on my lunch break and like do things. And, you know, I was able to work all day on Saturday because I wasn't taking the kids to soccer or whatever. And I had a very supportive husband that would, you know, kind of help with like the chores and um, just was very supportive. 
And so know that like your life may look different than mine, but honestly, that's okay. And that's what's going to make you special. And you know, you, you're going to build your business in your own time. Maybe you could grow it faster than I could. Maybe yours is a little bit slower, but at the end of the day, as long as you're doing something to move the needle and you're asking for help and you're dedicating some time, like it's not a race, right? And, you know, again, you have this nine to five that's keeping you stable, hopefully financially, And, you know, you just do whatever you can do each day and just make sure that you are not making excuses for yourself. Make sure that you are taking some rest, but also be realistic with yourself of like, okay, am I really putting all the effort I could be into this? And if you are, that's great and be okay with that. If you're not, don't complain that your business isn't growing or you're not making progress because, it does take effort. It does take work and like not here to sugarcoat it at all. Like I was tired, but I worked when I was tired. I was unmotivated, but I still did it anyway. You know, the weather got nice out and yes, I I wanted to, you know, hang out with friends and like go out, but I didn't, but now it's so worth it. So really getting comfortable with that delayed gratification. So take all these things, take what you need, bless and release the rest. And hopefully this gives you a little bit of insight and inspiration and motivation and maybe some real talk and tough love on really kind of how I grew my business working a nine to five in hopes that you can really build your business working a nine to five and give you some ideas and some mindset stuff maybe you need to work on or, you know, just maybe this podcast even was a reminder of like, okay, yeah, I'm doing great, right? I'm doing what I need to do and I'm putting in the most effort possible. As always, you guys, my DMs are always open. If you have questions, if you want to learn more, if you want specifics, I'm here to help and chat and do all those things. So thanks for tuning in and I will catch you guys on the next episode. Congrats on finishing an episode of the Macro Coach Pro podcast. If you learned something new, share and tag me on Instagram. And don't forget to join the Macro Coach community on Facebook. You can click the link in the show notes. Until next time, bye friends.